On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Dan Dembski from Unbound Merino. What a great conversation we had. We talked about, uh, you know, sort of how they started up, how he went from uh, actually being an agency owner uh, to being an e-commerce uh, store owner. And we talked about, uh, you know, his whole journey with that, um, how they actually started with crowdfunding to be able to validate their idea, which I, I really do believe in. And I think that's a, a great idea. Uh, and I got a lot of nuggets from this podcast, and I think that these guys are doing an unreal job and that you guys are really going to get a lot uh, out of this interview. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Dan Dembski from Unbound Marino. Dan, welcome to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this chat here. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, Dan. Well, I'm, uh, I've sort of fallen into being an entrepreneur. I never, uh, I never really thought I would be, but you know, when I was still in school, I started my first business just by accident. I would do freelance video production with my best friend and we started getting busy. We just did it for some extra money because it was fun. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Busy small with small businesses and then medium businesses. And, and we, I think we were just really passionate about what we were doing. So, you know, just by word of mouth, we ended up doing some larger brand work and we needed to become a more legit company. We incorporated and, and within a couple of years, we had 20 employees and I, and we had a big downtown studio here in Toronto. And, and uh, I thought, Oh, how did that happen? I never meant to start a business. And here I am I, in the process. I dropped out of school. I quit my other job. Uh, and, and, and I started a couple companies in between then. So it's sort of just been something that fell in my lap, but it, it feels like the right thing to be doing. And today I'm running, uh, an e-commerce brand called Unbound Merino, where we sold in over a hundred countries. We sell Merino wool clothing. That's was, positioned as a travel product but we sort of pivoted that <laughs> yeah 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 travel industry uh it wasn't a good message anymore for obvious reasons and, it will uh, dan it will be one day again i have hope that it will travel will come back <laughs> i look forward i'm going nuts I'm going nuts um but yeah that's it i uh, here i am um i'm you know, we've had many ups and downs about business journey, but just loving what we're doing right now and it's going well. So uh sort of feel like I'm I'm in the right place. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I guess that's the end of the interview, right? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um I so I I'm really interested. How did you come upon uh, the, the company that you're starting now, I'd love to hear a little bit of that journey and how you guys got started. Cause you guys started a little bit differently than other companies. Can, can you walk me through that? Well, you know, I, I, I had another business as I mentioned, right. And that, and I also told you a little bit about how that sort of just fell in our lap. And, you know, once, you know, a couple of years went by and this company grew, we had big clients, you know, like Coca-Cola and 
MasterCard and yeah. Air Miles and and, and this was all boys. video work that you were doing for them. Yeah, we were doing digital video like strategy and production. So we're helping okay. a little bit their their online approach. You know, stuff yeah. for yeah. YouTube, stuff for the website, stuff for social media. Uh, a lot of it was strategy. A lot of it, was, and then and we were a production house as well. So. Um, because that sort of fell in my lap and it happened so quick, I found myself in a place where first being very excited, this was amazing. But then, you know, being young, learning a lot of things the hard way, I started to feel I'm not in the right place. Like This is not the business I've, I, I really want to be in. I don't love this industry. Um, I'm having to grind all the time just to keep the lights on, you know, with a, mm. a lot of bells to feed. And I felt like in a service business like that, if you put in, you know, a chunk of work this big, the outcome is going to be that big. Like it's like you only get out what you put in, and you're always chasing the next deal. Your business is only as healthy as your last deal. So uh, I found myself very unhappy, and I would see a lot of my friends, you know, my successful friends that started businesses. They had these e-commerce brands. That was what I, I felt like the business model was very appealing to me. And I knew deep down in my heart, I'm like, one day I want to have an e-commerce business. I, I don't know what it is, but I want to have an e-commerce business. I want to sell a product to customers. I no longer want to sell a service to clients. And I want to sell that product. It's two, to two completely different kinds of businesses. Like they're not <laughs> I, similar. Yeah. I can tell you from, I'm an agency owner and we own a, a mid seven figures clothing brand. And it's two, I, I prefer the clothing brand. I'll tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. So it sounds like we have a lot in common. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I was just trying to think like, what, what is the, the way that I can get out of this? And, and the, the, the challenge was that I had no idea what product I wanted to sell. So every gotcha. couple of weeks I'd get together with my best buds and we would use a, a whiteboard or a chalkboard or a scrap piece of paper at a bar. And we'd start coming up with ideas of what we could sell online. And we went through many, many ideas. Some of them were okay. Some of them were good. Some of them were terrible. Um, some of them were good. We just weren't, weren't feasible for us for whatever given reason. Uh, but the point here is that we were looking. We were looking to try to figure out what is that thing. And it wasn't until I had a need for our own product where I, was, I sort of discovered Marina Wool. And I felt like there was nothing in the market the way that I would love it to be in the market. So what, um, what was that th that you were looking for? Like, what was it? So was it was, like a was, certain kind of positioning or, or what, yeah, what was know, that? I was, looking for, I was looking to travel lighter and I was going on a trip. I was going to uh, China and Vietnam and I was going away for, I think it was like three weeks or something. And I, I started Googling how to travel overseas with just a carry on because I hated bringing like luggage and checking it and, totally. and hauling it around. It was just, it just ruined the trip for me. So I came across this Reddit post that uh, said, when I travel, I pack merino wool because it's antibacterial and it's odor resistant. So if I wear it a few times, a few days, row, even if I sweat through it, it stays clean and fresh and it doesn't smell. So instead of packing a couple dozen t-shirts for a super long trip, I could pack two or three. And even if I don't find a laundry machine, it's okay. These shirts yeah. have like lasting power with a few wears. So that's perfect. So I started looking for merino wool and I found merino wool t-shirts and I bought them and I liked them. They performed as promised. The material was awesome. What I didn't like about them was the way that they looked. They were, the, 
the, the, the brands were largely made as active wear, you know, stuff that you wear uh, if you're going port, you know, or outdoor stuff. So you, you're going portaging with a canoe, or going on a camping, yeah. going on a, running a running a triathlon or something, and they had that look. There was reflective logos, there was athletic cuts. It's not the kind of shirt that you go to a cocktail bar, put on a nice pair of pants and a and a watch, and feel like I'm okay. I'm dressed appropriately in a cocktail bar. And I remember looking back at pictures of me at some nice cocktail bars uh, in China and, and, and feeling like, you know, I could, I remember how I felt that day. I felt like I was like wearing like a track shirt in a cocktail bar and now I'm looking at the picture and I see it. Right. And why are people not making just a simple, stylish, nice t-shirt with this wonderful material? And I looked and I looked and I found some things that were okay. Okay, but it, no one was doing the, the the clothing for that purpose, for that kind of travel, for more of an urban traveler, modern travel, like that sort of style of travel I was going for. Totally. And then I was like, "That's it." It was like the apple fell from the tree, hit me on the head. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, and now I, I started a sock brand in between there that was sort of trying to get off the ground, but never really got it quite off the ground the way that I would like to. I had my video business, and now I had this third idea. I'm like, I, I want to create this 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 brand but i'm tired i don't have any capital to start this thing i don't have any energy i don't have any time uh and i will talk to a business uh a business coach who was a friend of mine like the whole idea i talked about why i think it's a hole in the market and all this and he said dan this is a wonderful idea i get it i love it and i was like yes and he's like but you're not the guy to do it and i was like what like <laughs> screw you man <laughs> <laughs> a horrible thing to hear, and he and he uh, he said between your two businesses you're trying to run, I could see you're struggling in both of them. How are you going to add a third and excel at any one of these? And I think that we, I think he was right. I was yeah. too tired, so I got together with my two best buds. I said, "Here, this idea I think is good, but I think we should do a crowdfunding campaign." And the reason I wanted to do a crowdfunding campaigns for ob- the obvious reasons: one, it's like you you get pre-orders. And that yeah. solves the money piece of it because we didn't have the capital to start this thing. So we get the money to start it from the crowdfunding campaign. But the other thing was to see if there's product market fit, see if our idea actually works without having to risk all that money. But the yeah. real most important thing was I said we didn't have time or energy. So this allowed me to compartmentalize. You know, I said, let's meet up once a week, Friday nights. That's where my business partner put his kids to bed because he's one of uh, the only one that kids. He put his kids to bed. We'd meet up Friday night. We'd plan out all that we needed to plan out as far as we could until we were too tired or, or had too much whiskey. And we'd meet once a week, give ourselves homework. And we did that for a year and a half until we pieced this whole thing together, like the brand, sourcing suppliers, all of our, you know, creating prototypes and all that stuff. And we launched it. We worked our butt off. Uh, and we tried to do $30,000 in pre-sales. And we did 400000 and thought, well, this is going to work. I mean, I think this is going to work. Awesome. Yeah. So this is on, I just, sorry, I just want to walk back just, just one sec here. So is this on yeah. Kickstarter that you were doing this? We used Indiegogo. Okay. Okay. So same, same, same idea. Same, same premise. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the smaller of the two. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, so sorry, I, I totally so interrupted we, you there. Together. Go, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So we pieced this thing together, um, raised $400,000 in pre-sales. And I walked away from my other business. I, I stopped, I, I already stopped paying myself a salary because I couldn't justify it anymore because my head was so out of the game. 
so um, did you just hand that off to, walked, to other partners? To my business partner. I, I just, okay. I did sell it. I just walked away. I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to pursue this. I, and I, my heart was leading me and I got into it. So I had a little bit of savings that evaporated pretty fast. Um, living downtown Toronto is not cheap, especially, so I was running on fumes. We had our back to the wall. I'm like, I, you know, I felt like we had a great start. This is potentially a great business, but it wasn't a business until our website was up and running and people were going to our website and buying off our website. Uh, until then, I felt like all we had was our Kickstarter campaign or our Indiegogo campaign, rather. Yeah. And, uh, but I just bet on it. I said, this is what we're going to do. And we launched in December of 2016. And right out the gate, we started selling. Got into Facebook ads, started ramping up. And, you know, fast forward, you know, it's going to be in a few days, it's going to be four years. Um, wow. Yeah, we sold in over 100 countries and it's going great. That's amazing. So let's let's talk about a little bit of that journey because that's what I'm really interested in, right? Is how how did you scale into all of these countries? Because this just is this just e-com that you're talking about, or are you also in stores all around? No, I was like as I said before, I was really had I was really turned off by the idea of clients, and in my head, uh, the wholesale is a client relationship. So I'm like, I don't want this. <laughs> it is. It is. We've we've got about 150 ish uh, clothing company and they're the hardest ones uh, to, to work with by far, yeah. right? Like comparatively to, you know, 7,000 orders, that one wholesaler is going to be way more of a pain. Yes. I have no interest in it. And I, I, you know, I think that I had such a distaste for my, my, my video production agency and the, the, the just the challenges that I had from that, that I'm just like, I haven't gone down that path. So it's yeah. all e-commerce, all direct to consumer. Um, how did we start scaling it? We we started putting our, our money into Facebook ads. We thought we, we, we really thought there was a million ways that you could sort of market yourself. We can go down the influencer route. We could do Facebook ads and Google ads, and we can go and do guerrilla marketing and growth hacking and this and that. And then was it, let's just keep things simple the way we have. We started with crowdfunding. What's the next thing? Let's just pick one. And I heard a lot of success stories with Facebook ads. So we just concentrated all our energy in that. So we're just going to only do Facebook ads. Like we'll have an Instagram account, but we're not going to be like really, that's not a part of our strategy right now. Yeah. And we concentrate all our efforts. We would hire consultants to teach us everything they know. But we, because we had a, a background in video and photo and my other business partner was a creative director at an ad agency, we just had the ability to spin out our own ads, video ads, photo ads. So like, let's just, let's just handle it ourselves. We didn't outsource it. We just brought yeah. it in house. And we focused energy for years. Now, four years ago, I would say it was more of a gold rush with Facebook ads. Not <laughs> it like really it was. was. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's not like yeah. the same now. It's still amazing, but it's not nearly what it was then. So we got lucky in that we picked the, the right thing at the right time. And we focused a ton of energy there. And we're just acquiring customers left, right, and center. And it was just growing. But I think the most important thing we had was a good product that brought people back. And God gave us word of mouth because yeah. on the side of Facebook ads, Facebook ads was huge for us in, in terms of acquiring new customers. The word of mouth and the repeat customers is what made it work, what made the business work. Dan, it, it's very interesting. I feel like you are the Toronto version of me uh, in, in thought right now. Like we, we actually, we've, we've changed uh, at our agency, uh, which is what this podcast is actually based around is, is our agency. We've actually changed a bunch of our positioning because I believe exactly what you were saying. 
I really believe that if um, there's a lot of brands out there that if Facebook ads did not exist, they would not exist as a brand because they're not getting those repeat customers. They don't have those systems to actually be able to maintain customers, right? And that's where you actually make your money, right? Yeah, you can make money on the first sale. I'm sure you guys do that. But it's it's really all about that long-term relationship and owning those customers and those customers wanting to come back and the word of mouth, right? Like that is yeah. just absolutely incredible. How how do you track that? Do you know how to how to track that? Do you have any ideas of how to track that word of mouth? Well, we constantly look at at, at um, the returning customer rate. You know, and it's pretty high. It's close to fifty percent. So when if we start to see fluctuations in that, we would wonder why. But you know, I in to be perfectly honest, we, we used to focus a lot more on new customer acquisition. Then our, we, we still saw that we were healthy in terms of word of mouth and returning customer, right? But we didn't focus a lot of energy on it. We didn't focus energy on that because we thought like it's our duty to continue to acquire more customers. Because while we are selling all over the world, it, we're still small. And there's the, the potential for growth is enormous. So let's just keep going out and looking for those new customers. And we focused a ton of our energy there. Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. That's until coronavirus hit in March because the clothing industry got hit pretty hard with coronavirus, but not as hard as the travel industry. And we're a clothing (laughs) travel product. So kind of in between so we got slammed i mean we were some, we're used to like enormous growth like since we started and for the first time our sales just tanked and it was mm. a scary time so we started thinking well what do we do it's like well we acquired a you know a ton of customers over the years our our, our, our initial thing let's just focus more on our existing customers and acquiring new customers because all of our ad messaging and everything like that all needed an overhaul very much based around travel so we started focusing energy on um, if our customers bought a t-shirt of ours, but never bought our underwear, well, we think our underwear is like the best in the market. Like, let's start, let's cross promote. Let's start doing these email flows that like, will make them try another product. Cause if they like our shirt, they might like our underwear. Let's sort of cross sell and let's come out with new products more regularly. Let's just really work the, our list of people who already know and love us. So we sort of switched our focus to that. And we almost felt dumb because I'm like, why weren't we doing this all along? You know, like this, these customers already like us and there's very good reason to think they might like what else we're selling. And why don't we focus on making more stuff for them? And I think coronavirus is, I mean, we've since recovered from that big loss of sales. We've got our revenue back up. It's not, we're not growing at the same rate we were before. The growth is a little slower, but we're still growing. And that's yeah. enormously different from where we were back in March and April. Um, but we feel like throughout this whole process or like, I think this was a really good thing for us. It was kind of a slap in the face to make us think that these are things we could have been doing all along. These are, this is a smart thing to do. So now we're focusing a lot more on the, the, 
the results of our, of our email campaigns, our cross promotions about launching new products, about making sure we have new products specifically about making sure we maintain a high return, uh, returning customer rate. Yeah. Incentivizing customers for referrals, which was a new thing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. T- talk to me about that for a second. How are you incentivizing people and making it a natural part of the, the process? Um, so we're actually still trying to figure out how to do that really well. What we're doing is the, the typical, like if you refer a customer, they can get a $25, um, they get a $25 gift code. And if they use that $25 gift code to make a purchase, you're going to get $25 paired up with a rewards program. These okay. are pretty new. So we, I think we do it on a pretty basic level. I, 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 we tend to drill pretty deep. Like with Facebook ads, we like have gone very deep and I'd say we're quite good. You know, considering we do it in house, we're quite good with the rewards and the referrals. We're doing the basic stuff, and it seems to be working. But I would say we're at the, at the starting gate here. So just that yeah. basic stuff you see: twenty-five bucks, you get twenty-five bucks. Have a basic rewards program on the site, so when you buy, you start to get points, which is worth money, and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. I mean, I, I think a lot of us are trying to figure out what that looks like these days, right? I, I actually, I run a mastermind as well. And, uh, and within that mastermind, that's one of the, one of the things we actually really never talk about is these referral programs, lots of ambassador talk. Um, I think that's, that's been a huge thing these days, but referrals, I'm really interested to see how people are driving it without hurting the brand. Right. Um, without yeah. devaluing and, the brand. And then, and then giving out gift codes and discounts and stuff. We're very like careful not to go too crazy with that because, you know, uh, do, do you know Porter Airlines? Does that make it its way out to BC? Nope. So Porter Airlines is uh, an airline that it's brought, it started here in Toronto and it goes, you know, it's like, a, it's a smaller planes, smaller halls, really great. Like, kind of like jazz? Uh, maybe, no, I think it's even smaller. It feels very boutique-y. It's okay. really nice. It almost feels like everything is first class, but it's not expensive, like business class, like high end. It's like, it feels high end, but it's, it's like, it could be cheap and it, you know, you're taking short haul flights. Yeah. Um, uh, that's probably why it doesn't make its way out to BC. But anyway, they do a ton of promos. Now, I get these emails all the time for Porter, flight sale, flight sale. And I've gotten some great flight deals. I mean, I paid like $200 round trip to New York. And it feels like you're flying business classes. And they do this so much that paying regular price for Porter, although it's one of the best airline experiences that you could ever have, feels like you're getting ripped off because you're getting they're promoting so many deals i don't care what the holiday is there's deals you know they're flash sales and this and that so i look at that i'm like i never want to devalue the brand like that like i don't want to be so addicted to the hit of revenue that you get from doing a promo so we try to be really careful with that and we try to keep that mentality through our rewards program and, and through the referral thing and not rely so much on discount because our product's expensive to make and it's a great product and the value's there so we're we're trying to be mindful not to devalue it and but still have a string of of some incentive or rewards program referral yeah yeah Yeah. well that's great that's uh, that's a great conversation i think people are gonna enjoy uh you know who are listening to this are gonna enjoy thinking about you know what that line is because we've all seen the other line like old navy right great example like you know, no one's ever going to buy anything in Old Navy that's not on on sale, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I know I'm kind of using like a bit of a low end product, but like they're so always running what, sales. That's what their brand is, and it's easy to slip into that. Like I, I'm 
kind of a junkie for being on email lists of other brands to see what they do. And there are some brands, they just have 20% off store-wide flash sale, 30%, 40%. And, and, and they're doing it so much. And I know what's going on, on the other end because they did it once and they had like record sales days, right? Totally. <laughs> and, then, and then instead of being patient and, and, and thinking it through, they, they're addicted to that hit. But what they're doing is they're training their customer to think our product is not worth what the value we're asking is. But then there's some who say we never do these sales. And once in a while they'll do it. And But when they do it, they always say, we don't do this ever. This is the first time. And, and I believe them. And I've never seen them do sales. And it's something that's rare. Um, but you, if you have a good product and there's, the value is there, it's better to not get addicted to that hit you really have to think of the long-term damage it's doing when you're devaluing because that's what you're doing a sale is devaluing what your product is and old mm-hmm. navy's a brand that's built on that old yeah and they're brand. they're never going to get they, it. they, they, they could it. never get out right that's why they have to have banana republic and whatever their other yeah. ones are and that's what its purpose is that's probably when they created the brands if this is going to be the cheap brand the discount with the sales and it's it's a value brand fast fashion which i think is there's a lot of wrong with that in it yeah deeper than just the pricing there's a price to pay for fast fashion but um that's what the, they are and what they always will be but these brands that are small mid mid-sized e-commerce brands don't realize that every time they do a sale they're sort of dipping their toe in that old navy ocean you know becoming that the more you dip it in the more you're just going to be swimming in there and stuck totally totally I, I've actually, I've thought about, about running sales like that, um, like equivalent to getting type two diabetes, right? Non-insulin dependent diabetes, where it's like these little hits of sugar, right? You, you're, you have sugar all the time. Eventually your body is not going to respond and give you insulin, right? <laughs> so instead, yes. you know, just have, you know, have your sugar on the weekend. That's cool. That's cool. But you're, you're not wrecking your body. Whereas like with your brand, it's the same sort of idea, right? You continually discount, you're going to become a diabetic. Yes. You heard it here, Love folks. It. Love, it. Love it. It's totally true. It's totally true. Uh, Dan, this is, this is a great conversation. I'm loving this. I got to ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Good question. Secret to scaling. Um, you know what? I think every quarter we have different things that we really focus on. We make a point to really meet up assess what we did in the quarter and, and each have each entity, one very, very important, like rock, we call it a rock, you know, so in the, the one main thing you're going to focus on. And for us right now, um, building our email list and new product development are the two main things that we're focusing on. Yeah. And that might change in a quarter. We're meeting in mid December to talk about what we're going to do for Q1 of 2021. Um, I think it's just having really, really clear goals that have clear measurements, like accountable measurements that you can have every week. We meet up once a week and may see how we're doing against our goals. So just, I think the strategic planning is the most important thing, having regular touch points and focusing our energy on what the, the single tasks are. So I said before, Facebook ads was the thing our whole company focused on. Yeah. I guess that's our secret is we focus our energy on less stuff. Like it's our main company core values, less but better. That's like, you'll see that in our, if you go on, uh, look at our product line, we don't have a ton of SKUs. We try to have 
the minimal amount of stuff, but better. But we also, it's also the way we think strategically. So focus on less, but do it better. And that's like, I think the core tenet of who we are and what we do. Awesome. Awesome. That, that is great, great advice. Dan, we're going to move on to our lightning round here. Uh, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Clavio. Clavio. Yeah. So Clavio, that is kind of where we're at right now. Actually, that's the thing. Yeah, I said product development and um, is, is, is in our email list, but the email list more specifically is Clavio. Um, setting up flows to cross promote, to sell things to uh, customers that they haven't gotten before because they could try it. Um, we're kind of sort of getting obsessed with the, the whole Clavio flow system that's new to us. So that's, I think, the hottest thing for us right now. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Anybody out there, if you're on a different email system, I mean, what are you doing? You agree? <laughs> I don't want to insult you, but <laughs> yeah, but like, it, yeah, Clavio is just like, it's, it's the gold standard. Yes. It's a little bit more expensive than some other platforms out there, but like, there's nothing you, you can't do with Clavio. I don't love their SMS to be honest. Uh, I, I like using a separate system for SMS and I, I think they'll get there eventually. Um, what do you use for SMS? Cause we don't do any of that yet. Uh, we use PostScript. So PostScript. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I can, I can talk to you about that after it's, it's great. I, I love PostScript. Um, yeah. Awesome. The, the great, great shout out for those guys. Uh, favorite podcast that you're listening to right now. Oh man. Do you know what? Um, when it, I really do, I like the unofficial Shopify podcast for business, oh, okay. but I, I am, I am, uh, I'm more into like listening to podcasts just to turn my, like turn, I walk my dog, I'll put on the Bill Burr Monday morning podcast. Yeah. Just some crazy guy yelling about stuff that's going on in the world. Podcasts to me are more on the more on the entertainment spectrum than I am for the business. I, you know, I'm probably three quarters that that way as well. I've been loving Doctor Death lately. Okay, I'll check that out too. That's a oh man, that's a great one. They've got a couple of seasons of these doctors that are just killing people, and yeah, that's great. It's, it makes you not want to trust the medical yeah. profession at all. Uh, one one more question for you: If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, you know, have uh, let's say have a whiskey with them. Uh, they're paying, and this is somebody who's alive. Who would it be? If it's not a business answer, I I would love to hang out with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, that's for for a business answer, or just for a because you know he's an incredible you know business guy. So first of all, like I think on every for every reason, I'd want to. He'd be my dream dinner guest because first of all, he's huge. I want to see what he eats. <laughs> Right, it'd be impressive. Hey, sitting down with this like massive dude. Yeah, and I'm I'm like an average sized dude. I will look like a peanut next to him. So I'm curious as what he eats and drinks. But he's also (laughs) hilarious, and he's he's mega entrepreneurial. He's oh, he owns thousands of franchises. Yeah, he's like mega smart with his money. He's mega diverse in all the things he's done. I mean, from DJing to commentary to his basketball career to being a police officer. Like he's, he's, I didn't just, know he was a police officer. He is a police and he would actually go out policing. Like this is like mid NBA career. I read his autobiography and it's absolutely awesome. Oh, he is one of the funniest, Shaq. most fascinating guys ever, but just above all of that, he's hilarious. So to me, I'm like, it's like, I can go sit with Bill Gates. I'm like, Bill Gates doesn't want to sit with me. I feel like Shaquille O'Neal, I can get, I can like hang with him and be funny. <laughs> totally. you know I mean? 
Like it would be the best. Oh, that's a great answer. Uh, Dan, so nice to have you on the podcast. I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Um, just look up Unbound Marino. You type that into Google. We're on Instagram at Unbound Marino. And I'm Dan Dembski. Awesome. Awesome. Are you on LinkedIn? Is that a place people can connect? Probably. With I don't really go on LinkedIn very much, but uh, I'm there. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, we'll make sure to link to uh, everything that we've talked about today in the show notes. We're really trying to, I think this will be episode 150 or something like that. Cool. We're really trying to up our game on the show notes here. So, cause we can see a lot of you go to the show notes. Um, so thank you everybody for listening today. And Dan, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.